I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the Stella Firma Season 2 Q&A. My name is Tim Meredith. My name is Ben Meredith. And we play the people on the show. If you don't know who we play... You shouldn't be listening to this episode. No, this would be a weird place to start. Stop it. Stop it now. Go back to one. And uh, I'll see you back here in three to six months. 
So we're going to, we've got an absolute bucket load of questions from our delightful community. So let's, let's jump right in. Well, actually, to be clear, we have so many questions that we're not going to be able to answer them. Not even slightly. That will be like a four hour episode. Nobody wants that. We're going to kind of pick out a grab bag, kind of going to be a bit at random. So if you get read out, great. If you don't, I'm sorry. We're sorry. But you didn't. But this is actually exercise in resilience because you know what? It's not the end of the world. You will live on. In and our hearts. In order to teach everybody a lesson, um, that's the end of the episode. Sorry about and that. And I hope you've all learned something. Well, okay. Uh, right, <laughs> so the first question is from Tomato. How difficult is it to keep the main storyline without going off on large tangents? Or has the end goal changed since you started? How do we not go off on large tangents? Well, well, we <laughs> do. Yeah, we, we, no, we run a very disciplined <laughs> uh, show and... End of question. Yeah, I think th- there is there is a certain element of we've built into the very core and structure of the show the fact that that does not matter because the main storyline is 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 dolloped out in little in little soupçons and little little dollops so that when we spend twenty minutes talking about nothing in particular it doesn't matter. Yes, we have a vague plan, and then at the start of a season we sit down and we go, okay, well that's where we ended up. How do we get to where we want to go? Yeah, and then we kind of work out from there. Things have changed as we go, mm. but also just because not because we've gone and said weird stuff that we have to factor in, but also because just our idea of what we want to do has changed. And also sometimes because we said something weird, looked oh, at each yeah. other and thought, you know what, that's better than what we thought. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, so yeah, it's like a healthy combination of the two. The tangents are the story, right? The ta- Sorry, I don't mean to blow your mind, but the tangents are the story. <laughs> Both doing hand gestures that won't come across in the <laughs> on audio format. We make it up as we're going along. Kabloom. Right, next question. <laughs> Your choice. Okay, I'm going to take a question from Eddie Sourboy, who asks, does Trexel have any formal education? He talks a lot about going to school as a boy, but did he graduate, go to space college, or is he just guessing about everything all the time? I think to be more accurate, it's more he's lying about everything all the time. Yes. But what is a lie except a dishonest guess? <laughs> it's a guess that you know you're wrong about. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got compulsory education. It is formal, but it's very much uh, you are being, you know, put through a Rube Goldberg like the music na 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 would be playing. Who is that? Raymond 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 something rather. I don't. Somebody will be listening to this and screaming the second name of the composer Raymond that guy who did all of those like Looney Tunes songs. But yeah, the Looney Tunes Rube Goldberg machine man. Well, no, Rube Goldberg is a completely different man. No, I know, but the Rube Goldberg machines are usually what that guy composed that nah. song to. That song is typical, is like the Rube Goldberg machine theme, effectively. Yes, and I think it's called like Power Plant or Power Station. This is one of those tangents we were talking about. So it, it doesn't have... this is where we've factored it into the story of the episode, <laughs> and uh, so that arc. is our craft. Yeah. That is our craft. Uh, yeah, so like you're forced to go to primary school, but you don't graduate from primary school. It just sort of ends and they ask you not to come back. And I think that's, that's what happens. Is that what happens? They just send you away know. at the gates when you're seven years old and say, don't come back. You think we end primary school at seven years old? I took a guess and I <laughs> You got did it, it. I know. It happened to you. I can't remember. Like most things, I can't, I can't remember. To 13. Well, there you go. Asked and answered. Right, next question. (laughs) Let's go for this one from uh, uh, Fire. How did David keep getting materials for his hobbies, especially in the expediting basement? So I'm assuming this refers to your crafting materials and various Uh, doohickeys. Yeah, sure. How, Ben? How? Yes. Answer me. 
So, so here's a little, here's a little, a little thing mm-hmm. uh, that feels like when when people notice details in the shows and then start being like, "Gosh, is that a meaningful decision they've made?" The answer is no. Uh, no is, brackets sometimes. Yeah, it, but it's it's some guff that we've made up. So if there are inconsistencies and mistakes and things that don't quite make sense, mm. yeah, just just go with the flow, right? I disagree. I think what Ben said there <laughs> is in is, is in no way factually correct, and I have Abject some deep lore. I have some deep law to to delay on oh, you. Oh, in which I case think... you'll be fine to field this question. Yeah, yeah. I think what happens in my my truth personally for me. For, for my truth, it's basically stuff's like blowing around in the vents and like falling into places. And like, you know, it's, it's sort of like a, a trash basement, you know, a trash hole basement. So like just some crap falls through a pipe in the ceiling. And, and David's like, oh, that's kind of like, I don't know, crepe paper. And then makes a lovely, a lovely paper bath in. See, isn't the okay. world a bit more magical now? Wow. Ben? Wow, what a what a what a master! <laughs> I am a master of the craft at work. I'm a craft master, craftsmaner, as you might say. Uh-huh. Right. You're- <laughs> well, um, so I'm going to oh oh I'm going to ask one from Dusty. Dusty, have either of you ever worked in sales? As in, were any of Trexel's techniques inspired by real life experiences? Oh dear me, yes. <laughs> oh, a tale as old as time, a song as old as rhyme. Sales is a hellhole. Uh, yeah, I've I've largely had sales-based jobs because I have no real skills, and therefore sales is the only place for Tim to make money. I remember when we sat down to plot that, and I think I looked at old documents that I'd had shared with me from old jobs about like sales tactics and the five steps to sales success and all those horrifying toe curling eye gouging things that you have to look at when you work in a, a job with any sort of sales and uh, yeah we, we cribbed them sort of directly from there and then I did the subtext to them which is like lying and dishonesty and manipulation yeah you, you turned the subtext into supertext it was cathartic I'm going to yes. tell you that it was cathartic. <laughs> luckily, luckily, dear listener, I now work in a company that whilst my job has got sales in it, the people that make me do it are nice. And so I get to do it in a nice way with like not trying to trick people because yeah. that's a lot of sales and it's horrible. And that's why I move jobs. So there you go. So there you go. Short answer. In one yes. job, in one job, I need to talk about this. In one job <laughs> that I got directly out of university because they were like, oh, you're young and stupid, was one of these ones where they were like, oh, there's a government scheme where you can get insulation put in the walls of your house. And that's a real thing that happens because the government wants people to have insulated houses. The thing is, though, what you need to do is send somebody who has a bloody clue what they're doing to a house to check if you should have it rather than giving a drill to an idiot and saying drill into this stranger's wall and people let me do it and looking back on it a i shouldn't have done it and b people should not have let me into their house i clearly had no idea what i was doing anyway that's just something that shocks me like once a week i remember that that was my job (laughs) while i was like you know 20 and think why was any of that the case See, I had a very similar one where there was a government scheme to put these solar paneling. <laughs> put solar paneling. Well, it's because you've got these 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 good like subsidies uh, and stuff, um, but they you know they just let any old person have a go at it, and a lot of people spin up companies to take advantage of it. They really lack follow through on the whole. Yeah, thing. Yeah, we just sort of. I was I was supposed to cold call people and confuse them into getting solar panels put on, and Horrifying. then. 
keep them in a holding pattern because we were supposed to install them but never did. And then eventually the ex-banker, surprise, surprise, owner of the company, uh, folded the company and just sold all of the details to like his mate who ran a bigger company. Oh, wow. You were part of some proper fraud. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hey, kids, don't study the arts. He got one of his ex-banker <laughs> mates to come in and try and intimidate all the uh, all the students into like towing the line when we were like, is this wrong? And he was yeah. like, if you want to make it in this business. And at that point, I said, this is nice. I, don't, I, don't I am quitting to... <laughs> now. Goodbye. I don't want to make it in this business. Thank you for opening my eyes. Yeah. Also, you as a man are deeply pathetic and you make me sad in my soul. Bye bye. Bye bye now. You're literally Bye-bye. shouting at like a 21 year old person who's got a temp job what's wrong with you this is not the wolf of wall street so what you need to do is you need to study software engineering and then go work for a lovely company like oh i don't know bae systems you know something nice and above board (laughs) (laughs) Uh, bae systems for those people who don't know is uh, terrifying defense company yes british aeronautic engineering yeah they also do just make planes and stuff anyway we're off topic again these famous missiles and also missiles because you know what what's a what's a missile except a plane where all the passengers explode i think maybe actually specifically targeting systems for missiles so the things that really make sure the missiles blow the people up Okay, so uh, our next question. Um... That's all part of the story of the episode. <laughs> it's okay? all part of the story. We're going to we're go call, call back to it. It's going to be incredible. So this is a question from many people. I don't think that's a handle. I think Anil, a uh, very helpful uh, collator of these questions. Lots of people. Lots of people um, have asked, and I'd be interested to see what you think of this, Ben. What was your favourite thing about this season? Uh, Swole David. Oh, <laughs> Really? Yeah, just swole David. Yeah, and the fact that the detail we added that he doesn't actually get physically any larger, he just, <laughs> just becomes more dense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. And pretty the good. reason that that was is because we realised that we couldn't have him becoming bigger because then it has to be like something that people refer to, and we won't <laughs> yep. remember to do that. Nope. So we're like, externally he looks exactly <laughs> the same, and here is the definite, sensible reason why that is the case. So if it gets if it gets forgotten, then that's why. And if it gets suddenly mentioned out of the blue, that's also why. Yep. We're golden. <laughs> yep. Uh, my favourite bit was where I had to sort of work with, I think in the end, both Maddie and Alex to get the sound of, and I, I when I say work with, I, I kept saying, can you do it? And they eventually said yes. Um, can uh, To get the sound of Trexel tobogganing on David down a pile of letters with included slalom movements. That was, yes, apparently that, that has given me some notes for season three um, that run roughly, hey, when you think something's funny, that's great. But also think about how much work it will be to Soundscape because that joke took up about as much time as the rest of the episode put together in terms of trying to make it work. <laughs> hey, kids, don't sound engineer. It seems like a horrifying, horrifying thing to have to do. I think you and Johnny have managed to get the same note at this point, which is just Alex going, Can you make why it are simpler? you giving me so much work? Yes. Yes. I then I also set the previous two episodes in realms full of paper. And again, turns out having to make every movement correspond with a paper rustling noise, a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. People don't like it when you do it. I'm actually, to be honest, thinking of that, the other favourite bits was genuinely working with the guests because they're... They were all great. They're all great. They're all great. And I think I think we'll be seeing some familiar faces in season three, and maybe some new ones. I'll never tell. I mean, yes, probably. Like we're probably can. Moving on. 
Yeah, let's ask this one uh, from Muddy Hippie, uh, which is given the whole molten slurry melting off David's onesie and the subsequent banishment to the expedition basement. I got confused. I was like expediting. But it is expedition, isn't it? It is. It is confusing. And we named it badly. And I'm sorry for everyone's trouble. You're the one who wanted to make a reference to Stalinist Russia. You always have to make it. What, what do you want me to make a reference to? Trotskyist uh, Argentina? That's not a thing. He just lived there. On you, on you go. <laughs> <laughs> Given the whole molten slurry melting off David's onesie and the subsequent banishment to the expedition basement, has David Seven been stuck in his loincloth this entire time? He must be so cold. Ah, uh, to mm. assume that David has a loincloth, you <laughs> sweet summer child. <laughs> New! <laughs> it's new it slimy boy! <laughs> yeah, how do you think the slime gets everywhere? Yeah. If there's a onesie in the way. No, I mean, you remember what we were saying about small details that we just say <laughs> and then don't really think about? Yes, okay, fine. It Good turns point. out we accidentally established a naked David for the yep. entire time. Yeah, so, you know, so, that's that's a little Easter egg for those eagerly yeah. listeners. Do, do you know what now? Now that we've had to say that, that's your fault. And yeah. you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your own actions. Please forward all of the now alarming art to muddyhippie at gmail.com. <laughs> that might be somebody's real email address. Please don't do that. It's definitely somebody's real email address. Yeah, well. Oh, but also, sorry, to, to, to very swiftly give a, a more social oh, sure. answer. Uh, no, he has a onesie. We forgot maybe clones grow onesies out of their skin. Maybe that's something we'll make Maddie soundscape. <laughs> You heard it there, Maddie. It's Ben's fault when that now happens. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the note. Tim got the note. Moving on. Um, so, <laughs> this question is from Sai brackets moose are so cool. It's hard to read words when they're all one moose word. Moose are so cool. Moose are so cool. So that's Sai brackets moose are so cool. Uh, did Hartro go to school with Trexel, Bathin, and Paxed bloody scrum? I forgot uh, about how long Paxed did scrum. She, yeah. How long did she have to suffer Trexel's presence? My serious answer to this is that I get the feeling that they are quite different in age. I think Trexel's probably quite a bit older than Hartro. One of the many indignities that Trexel chafes under is the fact that he's, you know, been doing this for quite a long time and is quite a bit older than most of the other people at his level. And therefore his line manager is sort of substantially younger than he. So I suspect that Hartro would have gone to school sort of later. I don't really have any conception of how old Trexel is because quite frankly, I don't want to know. It's He's one of those people that you're like, I just, whatever just the answer is, it's going to be upsetting. <laughs> like It doesn't matter what the answer is, but for some reason it will be upsetting. So I don't yeah. want to know. It'll turn out that he has an age, but he stole it from a dying child. You know, something like that. But that's a, a question as well. Did Hartra go to the same institution as... No, uh, they probably wouldn't. They probably wouldn't have, because they'll no. be like, you know, the consultants and like the high-end people, and then the line managers, which are sort of like the analogue to the British middle classes, and then there'll be the build team school, which is a bit more like a like a B-Tech or something. Yeah, it's like you know, a polytechnic. Something. You'd go yeah, to... Yeah. Not that those exist anymore, but you know. No, no. And not that they were actually worse. That was just some <laughs> rank snobbery. Yeah. Um, but yes, that would... So, it's yeah. because you le- you went there to learn to do things with your hands. What? Do you not have a buckler Disgusting. or perhaps large handkerchief? Yeah. Do you not work in finance? Yeah. You pervert. Come on. Right, next question. Ben's choice. Ahahaha. Oh, uh, you've discovered a gem. Well, it's just, I think, one you're going to uh, enjoy. From Laney JP. Tim, do you and Amy sing all the time? Ben, do you also break out in song? And also, Ben, what is on your bookshelf? The chat at Gehenna Gaming VHC was obs- uh, yeah, was obsessed with trying to read your bookshelf. So let's take this in stages. Yes. Tim, do you and Amy sing all the time? I sing almost constantly, much to the irritation of Amy, up until the point it's something she likes, at which point she joins in with Wild Abandon. So it's sort of like, 
if we're giving it like 10 is constantly singing so you never speak i'm at like a seven because you know sometimes i'm like making work calls can't sing in them um <laughs> and then amy's probably like a five or a six a lot of singing but a bit less and ben where do you where would you sit on that beaufort scale of singing probably at a, a three uh breaking out in song is is not unheard of but um but i only do it in very specific situations uh, sure. to be honest mostly when talking to you yep. uh, in an in an effort to keep up and uh <laughs> sometimes i will sing stupid songs at rage to annoy her there you go asked and answered it. now onto the second part about books and stuff what is on my bookshelf just a lot of british white nerd sh- genuinely like it's one of those things where uh, through recent events a lot of people be like hey what's on my bookshelf and it turns out it's a bunch of white men uh, oh, no. you know you got your e&m bankses Oh, that's not entirely true. I've got the Rivers of London stuff. That's um, Ben Aronovich. Ben Aronovich. Oh, the Edge Chronicles, which are great. I've got, you know, the His Dark Materials, Douglas Adams. I've got the Dark Forest and the Three Body Problems from, from Sishin Liu. Yep. Uh, oh, a bit of Donna Tartt. Um, it's, not, it's not too bad, then. It's pretty bad. Uh, a Shelf of Terry Pratchett. It's also about what the proportion, like in and Banks, I've got like 12 books. Yeah. Terry Pratchett, the, obviously, I've got like 40. <laughs> I think, yeah, Pratchett and Banks between them are really skewing their, yeah, skewing they the really numbers. take up an awful lot of, a lot of space. Um, like a bunch of, oh, I've got the classic, I used to be an English literature student. So I've got The Odyssey, The Iliad, Dante's Inferno, A Christmas Carol, Hans Christian Andersen's Fairy Tales, which I actually bought independently. The Story of My Life by Casanova, which is Rach's. We've got a crap load of Philippa Gregory. Rach reads a lot more like varied people. Like I can't just name an author and name like 10 books that, that apart from Philippa Gregory that, that Rach owns. So. But anyway, there you go. No, nothing too exciting. There you go. Yeah, so I hope you're go. all bored by that because it's nothing yeah. too exciting. Right. This is a question from uh, Lena. Uh, the question is, what do you do when you run out of ideas? Or does that <laughs> just not happen because you're just so good at this? I mean, Exclamation it's... mark, smiley face. It doesn't happen because Tim doesn't stop. Well, it do- it does. It does happen because if anyone has listened to the bloopers, you will hear how many times I start speaking, get to the middle or second third, second third? Yes. Yes, the 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 the, the third third of the start of the third third of a sentence. Two thirds of the way through. Thank you. Two thirds of the way through a sentence <laughs> and realize I've got nowhere to go with this and I just either either peter out, swear or yell something. And sometimes sometimes the yelling just fits right in. But uh, yes, to be honest, though, Tim, that isn't because you've run out of ideas. That's because you've realised the idea you've had is bad. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, there is, it's not out... like there's no idea there. There's I mean, I will idea. actually, I will sometimes run out of ideas. I will, I will stare at you and go, uh, give me a second. Hang on a mo. That'll happen. Yeah. Okay. So I suppose the thing is, we don't run out of ideas. We just often run out of good ideas. Yes. <laughs> Which is why this is semi-improvised and not entirely improvised. Right, what one would like to go for? We'll go for a simple one. Oh, hey, look at this nerd. Says, is the character of Trapswell Geisman in any way inspired by Zayford Breeblebrox? And do you think they get along? Weirdly, I think no. Oh, I was going to go for yes. As much as I can see in retrospect, that character beyond and again who can say subconsciously but like mm. i'm i'm normally pretty sure of what i'm doing which is such a broad sentence i'm pretty sure of what i'm doing <laughs> i've only in retrospect been made aware of the fact that yes he is sort of like a gadabout 
allergic to responsibilities space ding dong um so yes it, it is sort of quite similar but as far as i can think of i didn't think oh i'll make a zay for b book stripe despite the fact we were 100 percent doing a magrathea type thing. oh yeah yeah no yeah we're not pretending there wasn't any adams also i think there is one aspect where he absolutely was based on that oh, really um, which is yes which is where you wanted to have your cocktail uh, the flax and whisk because that was your intergalactic ah, yes. gargle blaster and yes. we like i think we specifically referenced the gargle blaster when we were like thinking of what he should be drinking that's true that's true that's true but i suppose that was like uh oh wouldn't it be good if he had something like as opposed to we need yes. a character let's make him as a fold oh yeah, yeah absolutely it's just that there's that like one little bit where where we did and do you but... think they would get along no like two egos of that yeah, size God. would just like it's like when you when you drop a bomb to put out a fire they both die <laughs> that metaphor is apt i say apt That's, might be a uh, simile oh too apt too apt too apt uh, bro yeah one of uh one of yours sam the quiche asks are clones important enough to stella firma that they would try to make a clone the ideal human if so does stella firma prioritize genetic advantages better problem solving more cooperative disposition etc or would they make clones as aesthetically pleasing as possible so i like that this question has dressed up in many words what is the fundamental question which is are clones sexy are that's clones reading between the lines sexy. that is what uh that is what's really when a clone here. walks past do heads turn and people say dang look at that clone yeah. is that happening i think Clones are incredibly important to Stella Firma in their function, but I feel like Stella Firma holds them in complete contempt. Like, I think it's that weird mix of, like, these th- these things mean that we can work at all, but I'm better than you and I don't care. It's how you don't pay attention to, like, the paving slabs beneath your feet as you walk along a path. Um, so, therefore, I think the genetic advantages would be, like, like robustness and well replaceability I mean, and cheapness is like you know yeah they're like they're uh, like they're like products from the brand rubber made like they're not amazing but they're like tough and utilitarian and they do the job and they're not expensive i mean also you can imply how much they value them and what they prioritize them with them with them first of all because of the ease with which david could be recycled yes because true. that like trexel is bad but trexel didn't make it easier for things to recycle he just puts clones in the position where they need to be recycled more often than other people yeah and secondly go back to episode one and listen to the things that imogen begins to instill in david seven if you want to know uh what the priorities are i'm pretty sure one of them is classical dance so could be classical and modern tap i believe no classical no it might just be classical and modern i wrote it but it was two years ago now i think it's it's classical and modern yeah but there are a few things there which are more pertinent than the obvious joke which is classical and modern dance Yes, but which I mean, it's a joke, thing. but it is true in canon because we wrote it. Yes, so it's happening. And that, that is like canonically <laughs> all something the that other I guess clones, all clones know. Dance yeah, beautifully. It's like bloody La La Land out there. Oh man, in that it should not have won an Oscar. Next question. <laughs> uh, I believe this is this is your choice. Yeah, from Mac and Cheese. Uh, during their time in the sales department, David Seven and Trexel were told by each client what animal they would be if they were one. If David Seven and Trexel were animals, what would they be? And I think, I think you should answer for David and I should answer for Trexel. Okay, I think David would be like a minnow, a small, insignificant fish that's always on the brink of being eaten by a whale. Wow. Sorry, no, that's just mean. Uh, what would the- <laughs> it would be something quite flighty. 
Um, something maybe like some sort of slightly emaciated crane, like <laughs> like sort of you know that sort of like quite poised and spindly, but like a bit angular and unsure. Like a, no, maybe like a concussed crane. Like it, it could be elegant and beautiful, but because of its many injuries, it is not. <laughs> You're a concussed crane. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I think uh, I think that that Trexel is some kind of like really angry crab. <laughs> Get away! <laughs> yeah, because it's like kind of like acts on instinct, sidles a lot of places. Yeah, it's quite bitey and will lash out. Uh, but when you crack through his hard shell, he has an incredibly soft and gooey interior. And I will die if you crack through my shell. <laughs> Don't crack through my shell. But by that, we do mean like not splitting literally Trexel in half. As in, if anybody ever gets to the core of Trexel, he may well just explode out of mm. I don't know embarrassment <laughs> don't look in there kaboom if, if anyone allows Trexel to realize the kind of person that Trexel is oh no no thank yeah. you no thank you okay this is a question from Kato aka Kato this season you took two types of submission from the audience planet pitches and complaints what was the goal behind that decision and how do you feel it worked compared with season one? The goal behind that decision was we got to the end of season one and said, hey, we did 25 planets mm. and we don't want to start repeating ourselves because eventually we will run out of good planet ideas. Because even within a remit as wide as build a planet, it's still it's still quite limiting. Yeah, it can get stale, especially when it's, you know, it's you and me. We're on the third episode of a run in a recording session. You you want some variety, something to yeah. something to spin off of that's a little bit different. Yeah, and like I think we had the two different things because because I think we planned it in the story of season two, right? We knew that they were going to get busted down to a different department. Yeah, and and then it was just a case of like, oh, well, that would be fun as well because it means we get to change things up, right? Because I think yes. I think we were both feeling like. All of the episodes in in season one were, I think, you know, pretty good. If we do say um, so ourselves. If we do pretty say so good. ourselves. But we, I think we definitely both understood that we were maybe struggling a little bit towards the end. Like, it didn't flow as freely as it did at the start, because we were a bit like, oh, well, we kind of done a lot you of stuff. You've sort of done this, this. You've sort of done... Yeah, you, you start having to quickly check back to see if you've kind of already... Especially when it's a two-prov, and there's like, you know, at that stage, 10 hours of material that you've done like 10 full hours of talking and you're like, and we oh, can't, yeah. <laughs> can we remember? We can't, no, we can't. No, we can't remember like the, the episode we did previously. I prefer not to. I like to feel it fresh. Like I'm like yeah. a memento in that way. You start tattooing episodes on your body. I do. I do. Which is why after a while I changed the format so it looked more pleasing. Yeah. Because people have also asked, this isn't the question that we've been asked, but there's like a question of like in season one, why the titles start becoming alliterative. And it was because at a certain point I did one and went, oh, that's better. So they're just wildly inconsistent. <laughs> they just change. Yeah. Change because I thought I want to do that. And nobody stopped me or noticed for quite a while. There you go. Right. Next question. Okay. So this is a quick one, actually, uh, from Eden. Was Enola's name being alone backwards intentional? No, this is the first well, I'm hearing of this. <laughs> Helen, Helen named Enola. So no, I named Helen. Enola. I named you Enola. Named Enola? I, I thought named... Helen named Enola. No, I've, Enola. I'm Enola. pretty sure. I hope. I hope I'm not. I'm not. I'm not biting. Biting oh, her style. Know. No, I'm pretty sure because Enola also had a second name that never made it into the show or onto the notes, uh, just through a complete oversight on my part. What's Enola's second name? I think it's something like Cloudenhammer. But yeah, oh, right, okay. ne never noticed that it was alone backwards. And that is apt and kind of freaky, you know? Hey, man, if red, if what I call is red, it looks like red to me. When I say red and you see a different colour, 
are we talking about red? You know, it's that sort of stuff. Wow. Wow. Think about it. Anyway, <laughs> it's your question. This is a question from uh, Tescont. What was the puddle in the expediting office? Did Trexel slurp a clone? So I think you mentioned this at some point. I can't remember if it was in recorded fashion or if it was just in real life. But no, I don't. I don't think. I kind of like the idea that that is the case, that there's a big puddle of like clone DNA juice, like clone medium that just happened to be on the floor for the whole of that section and no one realised. Pretty grim. Um, but I, no, I think I think that was just a leaky roof fluid. Like maybe it was, maybe it was um, Mez Hecra's assistant. Oh no! Who just waited there until they dissolved? Until they dissolved into nothingness. Yeah. Um, but no, it. It. I don't believe it's because because the the, tre- the the puddle of clone gum that you stepped in in the um, sorting. Yeah, it's not office, very slurpable. It was more of a glue. Sort there was of more of a gloopy thing. glue, which because you know there's got to be a lot of polymers in a clone to make it all turgid. One yeah, sure. One you need assume. to have. A, you've got to have a turgid clone. I'm not going. There. <laughs> Coward. So garlic bread and onions. Which is a strange combination, honestly, uh, I think. But, you know, ask, your own. ask the French. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's some sort of, like, starter. Yeah? Yeah. Garlic I think, bread and onions? I think you should open up your bloody horizons, mate. Fair enough. It sounds like an American thing to me, to be honest. But anyway. Anyway. What are both Ben's and Tim's favourite niche details of Stella Firma? Um, what's a good... I don't know. I don't know. Have you got, have you got anything that comes to mind? I think, like, it's not exactly a niche detail. Because it's pretty, pretty in there. But the fact that everyone travels everywhere by tube. An often tube that is accessed via hatch door in the floor. Yeah. There was a beautiful lost detail that didn't, that didn't make it into season two because it didn't make sense. But at a certain point, we were going to get busted down again or something like that at the oh, end yeah, of season we were two. Gonna get... We were going to have a big hammer come out of the ceiling and literally bust us back down to somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were going to, yeah, we were going to uh... get busted. But it's so fast big... back down to like, yeah. <laughs> to buck oh. private. Yeah. 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 Now, that, that's, that's not a niche detail because that isn't canon. That didn't happen. There are no ceiling hammers as far as we know. So, yeah. So my favorite niche detail is something that is not really technically a detail <laughs> because it's not in it. <laughs> I like, and there's a little bit of ambiguity around this because the other thing that Trexel says is to be taken with a pinch of suspicion. But the fact that maybe the reason that Trexel doesn't like Bathit is because they went to school together, Bathin was nice, but Trexel has such a persecution complex that that angered him and he imagined that Bathin was like bullying him and like has false memories of him like giving him swirlies and pulling his trousers down in class or something like that, where Bathin was actually just nice, but you know, Trexel's warped, upsetting mind has turned has curdled that niceness into uh into that, so which is why he sort of has this super aggressive anger towards Bathin, but also kind of is aware that Bathin is great, and he should really like Bathin, and Bathin's nothing but nice. Mm. But then what is truth? It's also double fake, because also this all took place in, like, a virtual reality, right? Because... Yes, we're all in sort of, like, grow tubes with yeah, you details of some. School pods. School pod. Pod school. Very, yeah. very small class sizes, in that it's only your brain. Yeah. Okay, next question. Okay, this is from the Geistman Experiment. I think they're a fan. <laughs> How long did it take you to find the character voices and do you sometimes struggle to find the voice again after having not used it for a while? No. Yeah. <laughs> I have found the Trexel voice creeping into my life in a substantial and upsetting way. 
uh, <laughs> because it's too close to my regular voice. It's just me, but gravelly. I don't find it hard to find again. Do you struggle to find it again, Ben? And then we'll answer the first bit. Uh, no, I mean, not, not to find it. I often find it, I think I'm getting better at it, but I often find it a struggle to sustain it. Like I will kind of- You eventually... go grizzop. You do a grizzop sometimes. Well, no, no. I mean, not usually because grizzop's like quite significantly different. You still sometimes um, accidentally do it at the start of a recording session though. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, no, but it's also like, as we're recording, I'll, I'll like, I'll start like really, really obviously, like really up here. And then I'll just slowly kind of, you know, sort of it'll, there it'll are... become more natural. And then I'll basically, there, there was like one episode where I was just doing my own voice because <laughs> yeah, I'm, be... <laughs> I'm a professional. But there's oh. definitely some, some B-roll where you just say things as yourself. And we were like, I think you might need to do your character voice at some point, Ben, because, you know, yeah. you're playing someone. Yeah, so that's the thing. I can like, I can always immediately do David. Like, that's fine. It's just remembering to continue to do David. And to be fair, I think there are some points, especially when Trexel is quieter, because a lot of Trexel's character is basically volume and force. So we're like, he's like, ah, oh, oh, this and that. But when you, when you go down to sort of a quieter pitch, it's not actually that much different from me just whispering. <laughs> you know, it's it's not. Yeah. There's not a lot there. It's mostly sort of like angularness of intonation like he's with, with Trex it's always like da 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 do da 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 aha da do you know what we should do a whole episode where it's just basically like interpretive scat singing oh yeah so we're like ah da 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 do da ha da da okay next question when did it happen oh no we didn't answer how did we how how long did it take us to find them like in the first place uh, I think Trexel was relative again because it's not that different to, to me. Was relatively the same from the start, but we had quite a different David, didn't we? It was no, I think no, more... no, no. I think it was it was we were doing something, and then Alex said, "Hey, you both sound the exact same." Yes. So do something different. In fact, yes, I did mine, and you were like a very toned down version, and yeah. then we sounded the same because the wonderful thing about when you export something as an MP3 is it cuts all of the tops and bottoms, and then there's compression, so all of the volumes get equalised, and then everything sounds like everything else because of audio magic. We, yeah, we didn't struggle to find it. It's more we tried one thing, we're told that doesn't work, so I was like, okay, so you, so I'm just gonna do Rich Diawadi then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I will just do Rich Diawadi then. Diawadi, this thing right up. Right, next question. Uh, so this one's from Indrid. Can we get a quick pronoun rundown of the main characters? Yeah, it'd be super helpful to know who goes by what. Mm. And there's an interesting foible in this one, but we'll, I'll, I'll mention it when we get to it. I'll mention it when we get to it, which might be pretty quickly. So, so Trexel's definitely, uh, definitely a he, him. David's an interesting one that I mentioned earlier, I hope you remember. Uh, because I think to start off with, you were sort of he, him, but then asserted your gender as David. Yes. And then obviously the fandom has very much sort of got behind, you know, you know, third gender is David sort of, no, or there's two genders, David and David, things like that, you know. Well, that's effectively, I mean, gender is David is like pronouns, uh, no, like don't use pronouns. Exactly. But but then obviously, yeah, uh, this is, this is one of the, the issues with the improv thing. And also to be honest, us not thinking it through, like from the off, Mm. because we've never really established pronouns for David. I like, I think obviously we we default to he him because I Ben uses he him yeah. and I'm playing David and we're looking at each other when we are doing I've it. I've known you for so, quite a while, so the he him yeah, is sort of quite you know. quite quite indelibly marked into my old brain. Yeah, and we never yeah we we have never said like okay, well this is what David's pronouns are. Yeah, and like obviously I said the I did the David thing first of all because like it was a funny joke. 
but also because you know why would he have a conception of what gender because i think i've said this before but gender is a social construct and david has not been part of that social construct so yeah, yeah it's you a, know. the joke is he would say david because he doesn't know what he him or she her or they them is he's it's just they're just david well also not only not only not knowing what they are but not seeing very much the, the point. point of it yeah yeah but it's so hard to get away from pronouns like even in that sentence i was oh, no, like he thought he was gender david it's just it's very very difficult to get away yeah. and as you say it was never it's more sort of emerged by accident having said that i'm very much not unhappy that we've ended up with a character that is sort of a little bit more gender agnostic or you know gender question mark because hey that's a nice yeah. thing to have in the show. Yeah, I definitely don't want to pretend like we're we've we've specifically and purposefully done something. No. It's, it's like no, this is this is it's it's grown out of like circumstance. But yeah, like definitely, it's it's also influenced like the way like David in my head is that like yeah, broadly David is broadly gender fluid now. Yeah, because he'll probably answer to he they David. Yeah, and is a clone, so may have no identifiable sex organs of any kind. Yeah, we don't know. We, we don't, don't know, know what, what junk is going down in his trunk. And we, he's, we he's know never looked that... inside his loin, loincloth. Uh, actually, I have. Have you? Have you? Yes, there is. I think there's a specific... In episode, in season one, at some point, I think I looked down my trousers. Oh, no. And I react to something. But we don't know what we that We don't know is. what. Maybe it was just a happy little face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was. Um, Hartro, yeah, I think is a, is a, is a she, her. Um, standards, I think, is more specifically... Are they them? And I think that was, again, because less to be like, hey, look, we've got, you know, not gender specific characters, but more like uh, if I'm thinking about it conceptually, they're the kind of characters who are like, this is not a thing. You know, this is not a, this is not a concern of ours. Thank you yeah. very much. So not important to our identities. Thank you very much. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, but but um, also to be clear, not in like a dehumanizing way. No, obviously, like, it's their just, names. Well, because their names are number one and number forty-eight, so you can definitely like read it like that. But yeah, that's definitely not it the was, intent. It so. was much more an idea of would they be male? I I don't know. Would it matter? Would they be female? I don't know. Would it matter? Well, shall we just avoid pronouns? Okay, because you know yeah. it's like why 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 must why must one assign one when it kind of doesn't matter to anything to do with the plot or story or world or character yeah. so there we are so yeah, we're not non-binary uh, individuals who are cohabiting yeah and, and it's very de- possible definitely in a relationship yes yes an increasingly tense relationship <laughs> and it's very possible because again we haven't planned any of this out it's very possible we've committed some faux pas or accidental like oh did you not know that this is actually a thing within this world that is you know bad or misunderstood so if there is anything yeah that's like one that, thing uh p- please tell us, us. Because yeah. we are ignorant. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if we've got opportunity to learn, grand. Yes. And we have done, we have done, we have had a couple very helpful people um, where we have misgendered someone um, in a suggestion who have said, hey, you've misgendered someone. And it's meant we can just skip back. And I do a quick three second re record and uh, Maddie pastes over the mistake. And uh, yeah, that's quite helpful. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for, to those who have done that. Though I can't remember their name right now. Uh, right, let's do... Well, more, 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 oh, uh, well, more characters. Oh, right? gosh, do we have characters. any? Uh... Well, I mean, obviously, at this point, we've got characters who I don't think we've really established much at all of. No. Because, like, Clytemnestra can... I think they were cast as a she, her. Yeah, Enola, I don't think we actually establish any... Have not established anything there yet. Imogen is an interesting one, because Imogen is a she, but probably in the way that, like, a ship is a she. Yeah. Because robots... 
Well, the same way that like Cortana is a she, yeah. and um, well, I mean, basically most bloody AIs in shows because ugh. which um, I, I, isn't that something around? Like I seem to remember when they're doing the GPS things, and it was something like they used women's voices because men didn't like taking instructions about directions from another man. Like, <laughs> like they were like, "No, oh, I, I know what I'm doing." Where it, men are just so pathetic. Yeah, yeah, it was something genuinely like they just responded oh. very badly because it's like, "No, no, I know where I'm going. Thank you very much, GPS. Turn it off." <laughs> Good grief! Now, I'm sure there are plenty of men who are fine taking driving instructions from anyone, anyone that would offer them. But uh, yeah, but yes. the, f- the fact that it's a significant enough portion for them to make <laughs> yeah. that change is pretty damning. <laughs> There's an economic imperative to do that is quite upsetting about the human yeah. race and men in particular. But then also, like I guess, Harry's a he him. Um, Harry's a he him. Mez Hecra probably he him. Yeah, but again, had like one speech, so and was probably dead when we heard it so there you go almost definitely okay bumble slurp many yous in there what tv shows slash movies exist in the stellar firmaverse do they have any new ones anything left over from earth time nothing left over from earth time very specifically fragments of archival footage tiny bits here and there that they you know misinterpret because there's no context around them yeah and enough for trexel to get humorously wrong Yes, enough for Trexel to get access to Tim's Twitter feed and do a nature walk where, because I have a, a problem, I filmed things in nature and did commentaries as Trexel to them. You know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> but also, like, we, we very specifically wanted to avoid making, sp- like, explicit references. And, like, we yes. have, um, I, I think we made it clear and maybe we didn't, actually. I, I don't know. But, like, we have rejected suggestions because they're too too close to like or to making too much reference to earth yeah like i think one reference queen elizabeth ii specifically and it's like yeah, why it's... would we know who that is at this stage that was two thousand years ago and the planet blew up with all the files on it yeah and it's not to the extent where like obviously we can't completely divorce ourselves from it because i mean in fiction stella firm originally came from earth but also we are two people who live now so you know it wouldn't be very interesting to be like and a washing machine what's a washing machine okay well yeah let's get into that or avoid the concept of washing machines and make up some space neologism for it. And that's so. that's very much an improv thing because there is a there is a good old improv rule of like when somebody introduces something, it's kind of quite difficult to deal with it if every time they introduce something you go, I don't know what that is, what is that? I don't know what that is. Every now and again, sure, I'm pretty sure we've had a couple of things where you've not known what something is and it's led to a fun explanation. We have had some very inconsistent knowledge on David's part oh, precisely yeah. because of that. Because when it's funny for me to ask, but what is this? Yeah. He does. But he will know about everything else yeah. until it's convenient for him to not know about something again. And that, and that's, I think that's something that a lot of, a lot of, shall we say, more well thought out fiction is guilty of because it's so difficult when you're like, oh, this person like has, I don't know, amnesia or like this or like they don't know anything. It's like, oh, no, no, but they know everything that's sort of useful for general stuff. Like there's huge categories of things that they know all about, but they don't know the thing that's really sort of important for the plot in a very specific and kind of quite unbelievable way yeah in a very convenient way but we didn't really answer all of that question what was we... the oh yeah um we do have new so... ones because of the holovids um... yeah we've got holovids we've got like the wrestling planet yeah. was was specifically to supply that we had the romance novelist uh and who... we had like the buckets of blood channel i think like in the in the very in a very in the first yeah. season i think the broad thing is that yeah a lot of a lot of entertainment i mean we have the winter lettuce collective 
Yeah. Who make music and made probably, music. probably movies. But I think basically what we have as, as the consistent rule is that any new media is upsetting. Because Tim had to think of it whilst being Chexel. Yes. Uh, I mean, also, we do have David's Fact Corner, the hottest new uh, nope, Imogen cast from... David's Fact cancelled, we heard. Aww. But for Patreons, it's David's Facts ongoing, along with Chexel Geisman's Unarguable Histories of the Earth. Yes, David's Facts sporadically ongoing. We should probably record some more of those. Probably. Probably. <laughs> There's a schedule and we're fine. From Sai Musa, Musa Sokol, um, is calling Spirograph a graph friend a British thing, Meredith thing, or a Stella Firma thing? It is a thing that meant we didn't have to use Spirograph trademark, but yep. everyone knew that it was Spirograph. Do we think the Spirograph people are coming after us? No, I think we're probably fine, but it would be weird for there to be brand name Spirograph in this world. Yeah, as, as we previously said, we tried to not be very specific. Unfortunately, I wanted to make a very specific reference. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure, they've probably got like some sort of Spirograph thing going on and it's also funny when you call it a graph friend it is funny when i call it a graph friend yeah it's a convenient inconsistency again on our part oh that should that should be some sort of a thing convenient inconsistency a i mean phrase. that's politics uh <laughs> kaboom i mean yeah. Uh, um, yeah here's here's one from uh dr uh Taya Timme. stella firma is very bleak when you stop and think about it hashtag true facts uh do y'all have any guidelines for yourself to keep it from getting too dark or do y'all just feel it out uh, that's the second one second one yeah there is definite there's definitely and i think one of the things i remember from blooper season one is too dark that's too dark yes there is definitely a lot of you follow because the themes are quite dark and the setting is quite dark and the situation is quite dark. And so often at improvising stuff, you just say something and you're like, ah, oh, you know what? We're supposed to be here for a good time. So let's not talk about this, I don't know, genocide or something. So yeah. the, the, I think the guideline is, does do you say it and then immediately feel regret? Yeah. If that happens, probably don't go in the show. Because yes, yes. I mean, this is a comedy, but as as people say, it's not a very happy one. No. Um, it's pretty... Pretty grim. Pretty grim. Sci-fi dystopias tend to be, and if we made it all happy, it wouldn't really be doing a, a service to that idea. But hey, I'm sure it'll all be fine in season three. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah? it'll be grand. Yeah, it'll be brilliant. Oh, no. David will get away. It'll all be brilliant. He'll end up in Bathin's arms. You know, it'll be this lovely, just complete paradise. And yeah. So you guys keep believing that, okay? Yep. Cool. Yep, nice. I think we might have ruined Christmas. I don't know how, but I think we've ruined Christmas. <laughs> We've gone full Scrooge. Okay, well, this is one I'm going to kind of give an honourable mention because we've basically already already answered it. Bonanza, so like, what's up with standards? Are they married? I mean, they're definitely in a relationship. Mm. Are they married? Consciously uh, coupled, perhaps? Yeah, like, you know. Is there marriage? Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, um, Clytonestra established this. If, if they have drunk each other's blood, then yes. yes. <laughs> if they have not, then no. And that's your answer. And actually, to be honest, thinking of number one and number 48 and how they are with each other, they have definitely drunk one another's blood. Sure. Sure. I mean, number 48 has like a special murder hammer. So <laughs> they, they, are, they are the kind of person who has probably drunk somebody's that blood. Was, no, you know what? I've changed my answer to a previous question. My favorite niche detail is that number 48 has a special murder hammer that they love. They're like, oh, <laughs> I can get the hammer, you know, slammy, the torture hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Shannon asks, if there have only been seven Davids and Trexel got all of them, does that mean Trexel basically got his own clone batch to ruin? I think there are runs of clones and they go out 
for each need. So like if somebody else was ruining clones as quick uh, as quickly, there I might I think Trexel might have got like David's one, five and nine. But the thing is most people take care of their clones. So Yes, Trexel basically gets his own lines of clones, but only because he's going through the stock so quickly that he's basically buying up the whole batch. Yeah, it's it not the, Dave, the David line is specifically Trexel's line of clones. It's like the David line is the active, the currently active line. Yeah. But Trexel's burned through them in what? What we established, like seven weeks? Less than Something seven like weeks? That. The timeline of the show is intensely short. Yeah. Which I quite like. Maybe that's my favourite niche detail. No, Tim, commits to one niche detail. It's the hammer. The hammer is the one I like. <laughs> and you've already changed it once. <laughs> I have. You know what? It's something else. So I think it's, yeah, not not intentionally, but yes, by accident. And they're not to ruin. He's not supposed to ruin them. They're not his to ruin, but they are ruined. Well, I mean, they're dead. I'm going to do my own honourable mention in there, my proper question. Uh, my honourable mention is from uh, uh, oh, Silene. I believe it's pronounced Silene or Silon. Um, to the closest dozen, how many murders has Trexel committed? None have been proved. Next question. <laughs> this is this is interesting, and I'd like I can't remember a lot of this, so I'd be interested to see if Ben knows. Uh, this is from Suspiciously Gay. To ask the real questions here, where on earth is Trexel's long lost brother? Who? Who? Do I have Who? a long lost brother? Did I mention I have a long lost brother? I mean, I assume so because they're asking a question about it. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, maybe this isn't my full question because I was hoping Ben would be like, yeah, oh yeah, no. Tim, remember? Remember I this? I have no idea. I mean, you had a clone that got taken away, but your long lost brother? You might have to dig into the archives. You have and, to dig into the archives. Maybe we'll, have to, maybe we'll have to find that detail and bring it back for season three. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just me doing a Trexel voice. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How awful. How awful. But would Trexel's brother actually be really quite nice? And again, it just yeah, really, with his voice. really compounds the point that Trexel yeah. is just the, the f***ing worst. Yeah, there's like, sure, you had bad circumstances, <laughs> Sunshine, but you chose to be like this. Okay. Yep. I think that's. I think that's probably enough for one lifetime. Yes. Well, sorry to those we didn't get to. There are uh, loads like, of you. There's like sixty ge- questions here. Yeah. G- genuinely, we we got through about a third of them. So, I mean, although we'll say, oh, and then you'll have a three-hour-long episode, and then people will be like, yes, we want that. But you don't. Honestly, we'll run out of steam by we'll about two hours in, and then it won't be fun anymore. Um, so thank you very much for joining us for this season two Q and A. Uh, obviously, we'll be having some Q and A's at the end of uh, season three. So if you wanted to ask a question uh, or your question wasn't read out, don't worry. You only have about nine to twelve months to wait. So the time will just fly by if you consistently re-listen to Stella Firma on as many different devices as you can locate. Um, so it's goodbye from Tim. Goodbye, and it's goodbye from Ben. Farewell. You had to make it different. Of course I didn't did, because you, you tried to you make. Just... You're the one who set the thing up. You're, you started doing a thing. This is over now. Stella Firma is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License. Hi everyone, Alex here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons Elizaveta, Ross Worm, Mercer, Eat, Amy Pram, Christian Ottolm, Tony, Ellis Beale, Jadej. A. Ninja, A New Name, Sharon Grafton, Eloise Sherrid, Leslie Safran, Mars, Stuart Smith, Cyrus Gray, Emma Sandgren, Nicole Stevenson, Meg Taylor, Kareen Lee, Liz, Fushi, Ian Bradley, Fire in the Darkwoods, Dave the Good China Now Please, Cher Carlisle, 
Rashika Rao, Mithi Carlan, Ruth Anderson, Michelle M, Rue Jones, Kayla J, Clara Edmonds, Marimo, Dapper Cyborg, DT, Samantha Minette, Gail, Ashley Dover Kitten, Sieben, Amnesiac Stowaway, Fish, Lisa F, Yaboy Vince, Kaylee Moogle, Christine, Sinsit, Kiera Mortensen, and Meaty Thwack. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Rusty Quill and take a look at our rewards. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.